Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Me calling yellow vesters uh, hateful geeks. I just gained my head, by the way. That's brilliant. But, uh, you know, I think, first of all, the the most common theme from that was uh, free speech. Everyone was, they have a right to free speech. Now, on a daily basis, and maybe this is just me, I really, how do I put this in a not mean way? I do question the intelligence of the average human being. I I do. I mean, it has to be, it's got to be. Maybe it's got to be pretty low. It has to. I, I just maybe it's just the people I'm surrounded by. But you realize free speech isn't really a thing, especially in Canada. It's actually not a thing. Find me where in our charter it says Canadians have the right to free speech. Now, where in, when in your life have you ever had the right to say anything you wanted without consequences? Not in school, not in work. Now, you do have freedom of expression within reason. Canadians have a right to fundamental freedom of expression that's in the charter. Uh, But the charter permits the government to enforce reasonable limits. Hate speech, obscenity, defamation are common categories of restricted speech. So you're telling me these yellow vesters aren't a hate group? You're telling me they're not infringing or negating that freedom of expression? I mean, they only exist because they hate things. Black, brown, gay, trans, bi, drag, they just hate. I mean, that seems to be the theme. Yeah, it's not a good feeling when, I mean, yellow vesters are they're rallying every weekend at our city hall, in our city. There is something about that that rubs, and I'm, you know, I'm not a direct member of the LGBTQ2 community. I mean, I like to think I'm an ally. I hope I am. I try to be. And in that sense, I don't like it. I mean, it's upsetting. I, it's upsetting for me. I could, I can't even imagine what it's like being in that community. And it really gets me thinking about the psychology behind these these white supremacist movements. And I, I did a lot of research today, actually. Well, you know, I Googled things. I guess in today's day and age, that's a lot of research. But just the psychology of it, and it's kind of what you'd expect. I mean, there's tons now that. It's kind of unfortunate that we need all this research because it's such an issue that there's so much research being done on it. Um, But in other sense, it's good that there's the research is available. Uh, But this is from uh, Live Science, and they've quoted a bunch of university studies from all throughout the U.S. But I think the consensus was that uh, the tendency toward white supremacy, it's it's a dark triad of personality traits. It had... uh, psychopathy, narcissism, and Machiavellianism, which, yes, I had to Google the definition. I'm, I'm, I wish I could pretend to be that smart and just have it written down and pretend that I knew it already, but I did have to Google it. But it, it's a tendency to manipulate others for their own goals. Uh, but ultimately, it, it's racial extremism may be about belonging more than anything else. And, and I think that's kind of the basis of the research. And it helps them that, you know, Donald Trump... Who, and they actually, they did, uh, George Washington University in the U.S. actually analyzed Twitter data. And they looked at these white supremacy groups on Twitter and what they tweeted about most. And the two most common terms that they sent out were white genocide and Donald Trump. And there is no coincidence there. I mean, there can't be. And then I came across, and I don't know how much time. Well, we're gonna, we'll get through as much as we can because it is it is interesting. But um, Christian Picciolini, who is a he has a TED talk, and he's become this prominent voice. He's a former skinhead, leader of a skinhead movement. 
Um, he has a TED talk called uh, My Descent into America's Neo-Nazi Movement and How I Got Out. And uh, I'll play some of his story here. My journey away from violent extremism began 22 years ago when I denounced racism and left the American white supremacist skinhead movement that I'd helped build. I was just 22 years old at the time, but I had already spent eight years from the time I was 14 years old as one of the earliest and youngest members and an eventual leader within America's most violent hate movement. But I wasn't born into hate. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I had a relatively normal childhood. My parents are Italian immigrants who came to the United States in the mid-1960s and settled on the south side of Chicago, where they eventually met and opened a small beauty shop. Right after I was born, things got a little bit more difficult. They struggled to survive with raising a young family and a new business, taking on second and third jobs just to earn a meager living. And quality time with my parents was pretty non-existent. Even though I knew they loved me very much, growing up, I felt abandoned. I was lonely, and I started to withdraw. And then I started to resent my parents and become very angry. Anger, anger, anger. Supremacists, um, you know, it's like lacking something socially or emotionally and uh, these white supremacist, or supremacist organizations kind of step in to fill that and, and make them belong. And they're very susceptible minds that are being approached here. You know what? I have more from, and th- this is a really great TED Talk. And I'll tell you where to find it in a bit. But I'm going to play more of this. But we need to break because I want as much time as possible. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. I really want to get to these because I, I think they're great. We're, we're just we're talking about the psychology of this neo-Nazi white supremacist alt-right uh, movement. And don't. What about the alt-left? Stop it. Stop with the alt-left. What's what's the what, what's a far-left rally look like? What like a, a, a like a pro-choice thing? Like a a woman's rights march? Like don't even compare compare the two get away from me with that both sides stuff um christian picciolini had a ted talk my descent into america's neo-nazi movement and how i got out um i before the break and um, we can you could probably find all this on the podcast later but uh first clip i played he told this story here's how he got picked to join the skinheads and how we got recruited and it starts with the fact that he's an immigrant he has parents that are working really hard and so they're not around he feels alone he doesn't feel enough love from his parents and and this is where it continues and as i was growing up through my teenage years i started to act out to try and get attention from my parents and one day when i was 14 i was standing in an alley and i was smoking a joint and a man who was twice my age with a shaved head and tall black boots came up to me and he snatched a joint from my lips. Then he put his hand on my shoulder and he looked me in the eyes and he said, that's what the communists and the Jews want you to do to keep you docile. I was 14 years old. I'd been trading baseball cards and watching Happy Days. I didn't really know what a Jew was. (laughs) It's true. And the only communist that I knew was the, you know, bad Russian guy in my favorite Rocky movie. 
And since I'm here bearing my soul with you, I can reveal that I did not even know what the word docile meant. <laughs> Dead serious. But it was as if this man in this alley had offered me a lifeline. For 14 years, I'd felt marginalized and bullied. I had low self-esteem. And frankly, I didn't know who I was, where I belonged, or what my purpose was. I was lost. And overnight, because this man had pulled me in, and I had grabbed on to that lifeline with every fiber of my being, it's a full-blown Nazi. Overnight. I started to listen to the rhetoric and believe it. I started to watch very closely as the leaders of this organization would target vulnerable young people who felt marginalized and then draw them in with promises of paradise that were broken. And then I started to recruit myself. I started to do that by making white power music. And soon I became the leader of that infamous organization that was led by that man in that alley who recruited me that day, who was America's first neo-Nazi skinhead and who had radicalized me. It Doesn't it sound like ISIS and how, and how they recruit? I mean, it's the same. This is why I will never associate neo-Nazism with Christians, just like I'll never associate Muslims with, with ISIS. I mean, these are terrorist organizations that use things like religion as a tool for recruitment. Um, so Christian Picciolini, this is him. By the way, I, I found this. Um, he did an interview on CNN's I don't even know what the show is called. So I was on CNN in 1992. Here is him in 1992 after he joined um, and ended up leading his own chapter of the skinheads. Well, I believe we're warriors today and we're fighting for a great cause, which is the white race. Uh, the white people don't have as much pride I, as, as I can think as the black people or Hispanics. And I think we need something to unify ourselves separately. The races will work a lot better. How do you think people see you as kind, benevolent? caring Americans trying to get this country to work more effectively for all? Well, through the media, they don't see us as that, of course, because the media portrays uh, the bad side of everything is, what I, is the way I feel. Oh, still up to their old tricks with the, the media blaming. Um, so now Christian Picciolini, leader of the uh, neo-Nazi skinhead chapter, goes on to talk about having a child at the age of 19, connecting with a young black teen whose mother was diagnosed with cancer, just like Christian's was, and meeting the parents of a young gay boy who loved their son the way he wished he could be loved. So uh, Christian even ran into a former black classmate he used to beat up, and when he saw his former classmate, he apologized, and then the black man hugged him. So he kind of he talks about how he slowly just started moving out of the movement. Um, so he got out, and now he actually helps to rehab former white supremacists. Uh, but listen to the last bit of the story in the TED Talk from Christian Picciolini. Daryl is from upstate New York, and he had read my memoir, and he was really upset about the ending. You see, I'd gotten out of the movement, and he was still in. And after a couple of weeks of going back and forth with Daryl, I learned he was a 31-year-old uh, military veteran who had been injured and was really angry about not being able to go to Afghanistan to kill Muslims. And one day on the phone, he told me that he had seen a Muslim man in the park praying and that all he wanted to do was kick him in the face. I flew to Buffalo the next day, and I sat down with Daryl, and I asked him, have you ever met a Muslim person before? 
And he said, no. Why the hell would I want to do that? They're evil. I don't want anything to do with them. I said, okay. So I excused myself, and I went into the bathroom, and I took my phone out in the bathroom, and I Googled the local mosque, and I called them very quietly from the bathroom, and I said, uh, excuse me, Imam, um, I need a favor. I have a Christian man who would really love to learn more about your religion. <laughs> Do you mind if we stop by? Well, it took some convincing for Daryl to go, but finally we got there, and when I knocked on the door, the imam said he only had 15 minutes left for us because he was preparing for a prayer service. I said, we'll take it. We went in, and two and a half hours later, we came out after hugging and crying and very strangely bonding over Chuck Norris for some reason. I don't know what, <laughs> what it was about that, but that's what happened. And I'm happy to say now that Daryl and the Imam, you can often find them at the local falafel stand having lunch together. You see, it's our disconnection from each other. Hatred is born of ignorance. Fear is its father, and isolation is its mother. When we don't understand something, we tend to be afraid of it. And if we keep ourselves from it, that fear grows, and sometimes it turns into hatred. There you go. Christian Picciolini, I suggest going and listening to the entire TED Talk. It's on YouTube. It's on the TED Talk app. It's 20 minutes long, but it's, it's great stuff through and through. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.